Today's Chrome Show is brought to you by GigaOM Research. GigaOM Research is the leading provider of research and analysis on emerging technologies, markets, and disruptive trends. Get actionable insights on developments and disruptions in data, cloud, mobile, social, clean tech, and connected consumer sectors with GigaOM Research. For a free seven-day trial, visit research.gigaohm.com. Welcome to the Chrome Show, Gigaom's weekly podcast where we talk about all things Chrome. Chrome books, Chrome browsers, and everything else that has to do with Chrome. Uh, Janko Rutger is here from Gigaom. With me, as always, is Kevin C. Tofel, our Chrome expert. What do we talk about, Kevin? Well, we talk about all things Chrome, but you know what? I'm not with you as always because I wasn't here last week, and that's why there was that's no true. show. That's true. I was all by myself, and I decided <laughs> rather than doing a long monologue, which I could have done, but I don't know if people would appreciate it. That much. I would have appreciated That would have been cool. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it could have been a little, could have been a little weird. <laughs> so we, we keep it in the, <laughs> we keep it, uh, I think we're a good team. Let's okay. keep it like that. Okay. And uh, without any further banter, let's just jump into the news. Uh, it's still sort of a light news uh, part of the, um, part of the year we're still waiting for like the next devices to hit we've been talking about that for for a while the, the chip cycle and what that means for devices so we're sticking more to uh, i guess uh tangential news or um news related to chrome chrome the browser and one of that is that google is working on uh making your browsing a little bit more secure this is true and Google actually has been working on that for a long time. They actually introduced something called uh, Speedy, S-P-D-Y, back in 2009. And it was a way for web browsers to work um, faster. Uh, it was just a, a, a non-standard protocol that Google introduced. And some browsers actually did adopt it. I know Firefox did uh, back in the day. And Google says it's going away, although that's sort of not true. Technically, Speedy is going away now, but that's because uh, it has all most of what Google did, most of the work Google did to speed up the browser with Speedy is going to be in the new HTTP2 standard. So that's actually a good thing because what that does is it builds upon all the work Google has done in the past and then it puts it into a standard protocol as opposed to a non-standard. So it won't be like uh, a company saying, do we adopt Google standard or do we go with the, the standard standard? It's going to be a standard standard if that makes any sense. So Google just announced this and they're actually going to add the newer HTTP2 protocol to Chrome 40 in the coming weeks, well, at least support for the, the new protocol. So there really won't be much of a change. You're not going to see a, a speed up in your web pages because... It's really a transition from the speedy protocol to the HTTP2 protocol. So all in all, this is a very good thing. Love to see it. I know that um, Microsoft's modern browser was uh, was interested in adopting speedy, or already did, so I'm sure they're going to adopt HTTP2. Um, Safari, I haven't heard anything yet. We don't care about those. We care about Chrome. Chrome's got it, and that's a good thing. Okay, and obviously I meant to say it makes it faster, not more secure, even though I would think, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how much that relates to HTTPS and all the brouhaha that we had with that in the last couple of months. Not so much. It's more of a performance protocol. So it'll be, Google said it was things like multiplexing, header compression, prioritization, protocol negotiation, etc. That's all, I would say, performance slash speed based, less so security. Those would be handled by other things. Okay, fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, and early on, I said we don't have any hardware news, 
but uh, we have a, a little bit of a tidbit that's going to make you very happy, Kevin, right? Yes. Well, we have hardware rumors, which are always, I mean, sometimes those are better than the news, in my opinion. Those are more fun anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, we could take a guess. Maybe we're right. Maybe we're wrong. We can get excited. Who knows? Um, this actually was something I wanted to talk about last week, but unfortunately, I got sick and we didn't do the show, so I held on to it, and I'm glad I did. For those of you who have been waiting for a Chromebook Pixel 2, such as me, uh, there's a little bit of evidence that kind of indicates something's in the works. And what, let, me, let me share what we know uh, as opposed to you know, what I think here. What we know is in the Chromium bug tracker, there have been many, many references recently towards a, a board, uh, which would be a chipset and, and motherboard, called uh, Samus. And I, I hope I'm saying that right. Samus from, I think, from Metroid Prime. I never played Metroid Prime, but that's, that's where it comes from. In any case, uh, there were a lot of a lot of tidbits in there, and they they kind of made me think of the Pixel Two, uh, or the Pixel, I should say. There was a touchscreen. There was talk of a touchscreen. Some of the work they're doing there. There was talk of the light bar, and I don't know if any other Chromebooks have a light bar other than the Pixel. I want to say there was one more, but I don't recall if that's true or not. But obviously, the Pixel does have a light bar. And by light bar, I mean that little four LED. Uh, bar on the front of the device that the lid that shows you when it's doing something you could actually programmatically mm-hmm. change it and so on um, also there was a screenshot that has since been removed of chrome os or chromium os on the samus board sure enough the resolution was 2650 by 1700 which is what yonko the same resolution as the pixel the pixel exactly so it's pretty evident that something's being worked on that has a lot of similarities to the Pixel. Um, these aren't things that you would work on with the old Pixel. I mean, why would you be manipulating the code for the Pixel, right? I mean, that's that's two years old. Down, down and out. Down yeah. and out, exactly. And that was uh, the third generation Intel Core i5 inside that Pixel. We've now since had the fourth generation, which is the Haswell. And now we're getting ready to talk about the fifth generation. We're going to talk about that in a second. So, you know, it's I'm going to say the stars are aligning here. It may not happen, but I got to wonder, what's Google working on? What's the Chromium OS team working on with this Samus board if it's not a Pixel 2? That's all I know, and I don't want to extrapolate too far, but clearly there's something going on here. And I got to say, as much... That's the fun thing about these rumors. When when something like this breaks and then somebody removes their traces, Bingo. that gets even more excited, right? Bingo. That was <laughs> you know you're onto something. That's correct. That's if people correct. care enough, if people care enough to try to cover their tracks, there's always something. Right. And you know, if, if folks want to see what I've seen, and actually several other people on Google Plus and the Chromebook group have posted this. Um, so I was not the first one to see this by any stretch. Uh, but if you go into the Chromium OS bug tracker and do a search for Samus, S-A-M-U-S, you'll see all the work going on there. When I had heard that the screenshot got pulled, I actually thought all of the public uh, information in the tracker for Samus got pulled, but that's not the case. As of this show, I was able to go in there and still read about all the bits and pieces they're working on in the code. I just could not find the screenshot anymore. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think where there's smoke, there's fire on this one, you know? All right. We'll see, we'll see. And and uh, a likely release timing would probably be Google I.O.? Well, that would make sense. Um, thinking back to the original Pixel, it was right around, um, in fact, it was February or March of two years ago 
that it came out. So if they stick to like a two-year schedule, it would be sooner rather than later. I don't think that's the case. I think it would be closer to Google I.O., uh, which I believe is in June. I don't think the dates are in yet. It might be late June. Um, mm. So the, the tricky bit is timing everything with, with chip cycles, as we've talked about in the prior shows. You know, a Pixel 2 is almost, with, with a Haswell processor, is kind of late. With a Broadwell processor, which is an improved Haswell, that's that would be pretty new because those chips are just coming out. But now we're going to talk about something else. The next thing is coming out even right after Google I.O. Mm. Well, let's see. I, I, I'm sure it's going to keep our imagination uh, on high gears for the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else comes up. And I know Kevin is Kevin is excited. You, excited. Would, you tr- would you trade up? I think I would. I think I would. My guess is that Google would re-up for the one terabyte of storage, so that would be extended another two or three years, because currently Pixel owners get that for three years. Most other Chromebooks, you get that storage for two years. Um, So I probably, I mean, that's a big, big part of it. I use that quite a bit. And I just, the the killer for me on my Pixel is I can't really take it anywhere on a trip because if I have to work all day, I need to plug in somewhere. Mm. And with the new okay. the newer chipsets, they're much more battery efficient. I would think something with a newer Intel chipset would, yes, it would have a performance boost. I don't really need that. It's the battery life. I don't want to go from five hours, really about four hours now because the battery is old, to say at least eight to nine. So okay. I probably would trade up. Probably cool. Would. Yep. And I guess there's a little bit more hardware uh, uh, news or tidbits that we can can speculate about. Mm-hmm. which is a new bot showed up in the Chromium repository. Right, and this is alluding to what I was just saying, what's coming after Broadwell, the Broadwell chips uh, from Intel. Skylake is the next thing. And just to backtrack, I know we've talked about it on a previous show, but let's just real quick talk about the Intel chip cycle because it kind of drives everything here. Um, Intel does a something called TikTok. What they do is they release a chip and they boost performance with it and so on. And then the next chip is the same chip, but optimized. So you don't get a performance boost, you get a battery boost and such. Haswell was the newer chip that brought more performance. And then Broadwell is boosting battery life. Broadwell devices are coming out right about now. Well, Skylake is the next performance boost chip. Uh, Should be, I think they're 14 nanometer process. It will actually switch to 10 nanometer process within a year of that. Um don't have any specifics on it because Intel really hasn't released them in a big way anyway, not in a very detailed way. But Skylake is the successor of Broadwell, and now there's a Skylake board in the Chromium repository. So somebody on the Chromium OS team has an early chip. Not That's, not, um, that, that's pretty typical for sampling and such. So uh, PC makers can you know, get their, their boards working with the new chips, get the software working, and so on. So uh, Francois Beaufort shared this information with us. The Skylake chip is actually, I believe, due out in the third quarter in mass quantities of this year. That means to me, you could have Chrome OS devices running it by the holidays. It's possible. It might be a stretch. Mm. Um, So that would be a boost in performance, good battery life. And here's something really unique to Skylake. And all the PC, the major PC vendors are on board with this. Laptops with this chip will support the Resents wireless charging, which means it would pretty much be... You know, they have to add the coils for the magnetic field charge and so on, but you could wirelessly charge your laptop with a Skylake chip mm-hmm. inside or your Chromebook. You'd have to place it on a pad or something like that that is plugged in, but literally you just drop it on there and it should recharge. So that's super interesting to me because we don't have it with Chromebooks, you know? That might also make a good Chrome tablet. That might. That might. Yeah, I would love to see that. 
Mm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get me stoked up about crumb cr- cr- I know. I'm, I'm not falling excited for it. about all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not falling for it today. All right. In any case, uh, we should really rename this show and call it the uh, Gigaom Chrome Before Fanboy Show. The Before Report. The Before Report. Yeah, that 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 rolls right off our tongue. It That's does. good. Um, because, well, uh, for people who don't listen to us that often, or maybe listen to the, for the show the first time, he is uh, a Google employee who likes to share a lot of things and gives us previews of things go- uh, that are going to are coming to Chrome. Uh, on Google Plus mostly. Mm-hmm. So if you really like Chrome News, you should actually follow him directly and we link to him frequently. But we also get a lot of tidbits from him uh, through that because he kind of really is that early window into what's going on with Chrome. And uh, one of the things that uh, just uh, showed up in Chrome Canary is the Smart Zoom Canary. Rather. Yeah. But the Smart Zoom. Smart Zoom. So if you are a Mac OS X user and you're running on the Chrome browser, Chrome Canary, that is, which is the super cutting edge, this is even, this changes more than the dev channel of Chrome, for example. Um, Canary now has the Smart Zoom feature for Mac OS X. So basically, if you double tap on the screen with your, with your mouse, you'll zoom in like you would on a mobile device. So if you've got, you know, a phone or a tablet and do the double tap to zoom, Mac OS 10 users now have that in Chrome Canary. I would imagine that'll filter its way through dev and uh, beta and stable Chrome for Mac. But if you want to get it now, uh, Canary might not be the most stable version, but it's the only one that has this right now. Mm. All right. Well, uh, what else do we have? This uh, you're, you're a Google Play Music user, right? I've suddenly got addicted. I, I actually... I used it when it first came out, then I stopped, and then I got a number of free months from, from some offers from Google, and now I'm addicted. It plays like in my office continuously. Then you're probably going to be happy that now you can use uh, the uploader. I would be if I had an ARM-based Chromebook. I actually oh, that do- is true. That's okay. That is true. That's okay. The, the Intel ones already had this almost a year ago, I think. It's been a long time. Finally, though, the ARM-based Chromebooks can actually upload music to Google Play Music. And I just wonder why it took so darn long. I understand there's, there's a different instruction set for the different chip architecture and all, but boy, oh boy, that's, um, that took a long time. And I would, I would bet... Just based on the prices of ARM Chromebooks being generally cheaper than Intel-based ones, there's probably a lot of them out there. You yeah, know? that's true. I'm, I'm taking a guess on that one. I don't have a breakdown. But in any case, um, the latest version of Google Play Music does support this for ARM-based Chromebooks. Uh, for the morbidly curious, Google wrote that in native client using C and C++ code uh, for Google Play Music. So, you know, maybe it had something to do with the C and C++ code with ARM. I don't know. But in any case you can now upload your music if you've got one of the ARM-based Chromebooks. All right. And th- what that means is if you have MP3s on your hard drive, it can automatically upload them. Mm-hmm. But it can also just do this thing where it scans them and uh, just unlocks actually sometimes better sounding versions on the service if they're available. That's correct. That's correct. And actually, I do... Which, which makes uploading fast and easy. Yeah. You have large music collections. The, the other thing is that some artists are just not on Google Play because of licensing agreements. And perfect example is my favorite, the Beatles. You're not going to find them there. So I upload all my Beatles tracks, and I've got them all probably twice over uh, up to Google Play. And 
that's pretty handy to do. So and and then you can mix mix and match subscription music and your own tracks mm -hmm. in, in their locker, right? Yep. All right, cool. And um, you just mentioned you, you you've been using that more often because of offers that you got from Google. Yes. Tell me more about those offers. Uh, just so happens there's been another one recently, and I think it's still available. So we might as well talk about it now. Um, for folks that have a Chromecast, if you go to the Chromecast offers page, and I should say. You just bookmark this this link. Um, it's just cast.google.com slash Chromecast slash offers. Bookmark that and check it as often, I'd say like once a week, because you never know what Google's going to do. Yeah. Now, Right now, what they've got going on is a $6 Play Store credit. for. They're basically saying, go rent a movie on for Valentine's Day on us. You can use it for apps or music or whatever you want in the Play Store. You just can't use it for devices, I think. Um, I've already redeemed it. In fact, I already used it, but that's a whole other issue. I just I can never hold on to my credits in there. Um, but yeah, there's that's how I got the the um, Google Play Music offer. Three months free for that. I mean, it's definitely worth worth checking. So, and I, yeah. I know this offer. It's going to vary by location, but I know that in the UK, people were really happy because they got it, and I think it actually worked out to a even greater amount when you made the, the the currency conversion. So they were super stoked about it. And uh, just to clarify, so people have to use it from within their Wi-Fi network where their Chromecast is? That's correct. And you also have to have the, cast, the Google Cast extension installed. But you should do that anyway because... Uh, you're using Chrome all the time, so you might as well have use it for casting as well. Yep. And once you have both, then you can use it. And I think... Within the Chromecast app, there's also a tab for offers. So if you have the mm -hmm. Chromecast app on your Android phone or on your iPhone, mm -hmm. uh, you, you can check that as well. Very cool. Very cool. What else anyway, is going on with Chromecast? Anything? Yeah, not, not that much, to be honest. Uh, but uh, I've, I've found something interesting. Speaking of Francois Beaufort, he mm -hmm. uh, just posted something to Google Plus as well, which was about uh, Chrome taking advantage of external screens for display of local and web content. So obviously, if you have the cast extension, you can already uh, mirror a tab to your Chromecast device. But I think this this goes a little further. It uses um, two new components within Chrome, which is the Chrome Media Router and the Web Presentation API. So essentially, you can then uh, route the output of a Chrome tab or of Chrome onto an external display with the media router and the presentation API works like uh, like a presentation where you have your local nodes on your machine and the slides on a d different machine. But both is very interesting to me because, um, well, first of all, this works with uh, with Chromecast or with Google Cast here. But he he kind of doesn't quite say what else they have in mind. But this he says we're talking Google Cast here, but not only. Which made me hmm. think. Well, what else could you use? So he's. Uh, let me just keep quoting this: mirroring locally rendered content to external screens, including on-screen and off-screen tabs, Chrome, Apple's Windows, and the system desktop. So I'm thinking. Well, this is nice, obviously, if you have a Chromecast, and sometimes you want to have your tabs on, on your TV. But hmm. oftentimes, you're really you're working with other displays on your on your desktop, right? On your mm -hmm. on your home desktop or in the office. And instead of plugging them in, maybe in the future you could use them um, with some kind of casting capabilities. Maybe there will be displays that support casting, so you just you don't even have to physically connect your laptop to your to your uh, screen in the office anymore. Or you could obviously also have two laptops 
on on your on your desktop and just maybe uh more easily share content between them it's interesting and and it takes me back to some of the ces announcements with intel's chips supporting their own wireless display technology they've been trying to get that natively in there for so long and i'm pretty sure they've done that with the most recent round of chips so i wonder if it's something to combat that or supplement that i don't know it's very interesting yeah i think i think there's something to this and uh, we talk. We've been talking to the Chromecast and Google Cast folks, obviously, for some time. And last year, we had actually uh, one of the executives at one of our shows, and he said, "There's going to be more devices that that are using making use of the same technology." Mm-hmm. And one of them that they introduced at CS was Google Cast for audio, which is basically you have Sonos-like speakers, and then you just cast your music or your your online streams. For example, Google Play Music to them. But I could also see something going on with like uh, desktop displays there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong with this, but I think there's an interesting possibility there. It'd be interesting to me with a Chrome box to wirelessly cast to a, a display. You know? Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Very cool. All right. Um, I guess we're jumping a little bit back and forth here, uh, but we have another free offer for you. This is like the oh, freebie yeah. podcast this week. You got to get so much use out of it, you're gonna want to pay for it. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this one just came up. I mean, we literally just threw this in the uh, into the show notes because it just happened like a little while ago, and I didn't see it coming. Um, so Google will give pretty much everybody two gigabytes of free Google Drive storage if you do what they call their security checkup. And, and we'll put a link in the show notes because you have to actually go to a specific link and check all of your account settings for your Google account, check which devices are attached to your Google account, which apps have your password, so on and so forth. I ran through it myself. Um, it probably took me about five minutes. I'm thinking it's going to take me longer than it took everybody else because I had about 15, 20 phones and tablets that I don't even have anymore that I was able to remove, you know, and I'm glad I did. I don't want them you know, showing up there and having access anymore. So I revoked access on those and so on. So, um, but basically spend a couple minutes doing the security checkup. And on February 28th, Google will give you, uh, they'll credit your account an additional two gig of Google Drive space. It's not a ton of space, but you know what? It's two gigs, two gig. Why not, right? Yeah, I think, and everybody likes free stuff. But I think the bigger point here is you should, Mm-hmm. Um, check these settings anyway occasionally and I did it too when I saw this and I just wanted to try it out and I did find a couple of older devices that I didn't even remember that I had authorized <laughs> a while ago Yeah. Uh, so I, I discontinued or deauthorized them rather and then there's also some apps that I didn't don't use anymore that had access to parts of some data from Google Yep. Um, it's here. always good to have a tap on that and kind of see uh, what you're using for for, for who you're allowing access to your data, essentially. So check it out anyway, and the two gigs are really just a nice bonus on top of it. Absolutely. Very good. Good point. Um, I think we already did it again. We're almost at the end of the show. Uh, Except we, as always, have another freebie. Uh, this is a show that keeps on giving. Yes. Uh, we have an app or extension of the week. Uh, what did you choose this week? I, I kind of cheated this week. Every once in a while I cheat because something else comes up that sort of fits in this category, but sort of doesn't. Um, so it's not an app, it's not an extension, but I think it's newsworthy, and that is Flipboard has actually rolled out a, a web version of their app. 
So you don't need to go looking for a Facebook, I'm sorry, Facebook, a Flipboard app in the Chrome store. You don't need to try and port the Android one. You can actually just go to Flipboard.com, you know, save it in your shortcuts and or your bookmark manager or whatever, and it's there. I, I've been using Flipboard quite a bit more. I don't know why of late. It just seems to be surfacing some some better content than, than my traditional ways of finding things. So every once in a while, I'll just curl up and just browse through Flipboard for an hour, you know, after dinner or something. And I always see something interesting. So I just thought it was neat. I think a lot of people still use Flipboard. And it's it's a big deal. I'm actually surprised they put out a, a web client when they were so app-focused. But it doesn't matter what I think. That's, it matters what they think. And they think Flipboard.com is a winner. And maybe it speaks to... Um... I don't know. Chrome devices becoming more popular. Uh, that you just need a web app. <clears throat> Excuse me. You need just need a web app to be there as well. Yeah, yeah. You're not complete without the web. That's right. Web, you complete me. Ah. And with that note, <laughs> I think we're almost. It's like almost our Valentine's show, and actually, it is kind of our Valentine's show. So you got all these freebies from us. There you go, and positive notes and encouragements. But unfortunately, I know we have a little bit of an irregular schedule. But next week we're also going to be out because I'm actually going to be on vacation, and uh, you deserve it. I was debating whether to call in, but no, no, I won't. no, <laughs> no. And I could try the monologue all by myself, but that just scares the crap out of me. So I'm just not going to do that. Yes, and I'm not going to say that's going to scare the crap out of me too. <laughs> but, okay, but but if anybody wants to get in touch with you during those uh, yeah. during the next week, or if anybody has any questions or finds news and tidbits that we ha- forgot to talk about, uh, how can people get in touch with you, Kevin? It's real easy to do, and actually, people have been doing that of late. And typically, it's what Chromebook should I buy, and so on and so forth. So maybe we'll have to revisit that topic in general. But uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Kevin C. Tofel under my real name. I also use my name on uh, Google+. People can also reach out to me right in the comments of this post on gigaohm.com or in the embedded SoundCloud player that we use for the podcast. How about you, Yonko? I know you, they're not going to reach you when you're on vacation, but how can they try and get in touch with you? Yeah, so just just wait, give it some time, and when I'm back, you can always uh, also find me on Twitter or on Google Plus. I use my real name, Yanko Radkus, on both of them. So you just Google for them. Um, you can also uh, answer in the co- uh, send me any comments through the through the comment part of the show notes. And if you can't find them because you're listening to this in your podcatcher, in your podcast app, or on SoundCloud. You can also always go to guom.com slash podcast where you find the most recent episode of the Chrome Show. You can also dive into the archives, re-listen to some old shows, maybe something to do during that week off for you. Um, And you can also check out some of the other shows that we're doing over there, uh, like an IoT show that Kevin is also involved uh, and obviously also a data show. Mm -hmm. So um, check this out, guom.com slash podcast, and we will be back in two weeks. Uh, And until then, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody.